He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, <laughs> as always joined by, well, as usually joined by, semi-regularly joined by? Is that what we want to call it? Harrison I think Fagan? that's fair, yeah. Yeah, semi-regularly joined by the incredibly flaky and sometimes sick Harrison Fagan. How you doing, buddy? Really just, you know, if we're going to get the misfortune of the week right out of the gate, it was, for <laughs> me, it was my employer, uh, my part-time employer, Anthony Irwin, violating HIPAA law and just blasting out to the world <laughs> that I had COVID last week. Um, something that I was not going to advertise because, like, I hate those tweets where people are like, and, you know, I don't know if this makes me sound like an asshole, but, like, people send it, it out and it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm sick. And, you know, they just get all the replies from people that are, like, wishing them well and whatever. Like, I, I don't need the attention. So I, I yeah. just, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to just play it cool. I told the people that I needed to tell at my workplace and, you know, was just taking some time to rehab. And then I get a, a bunch of texts one morning that are like, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? And I'm like, wait, what the hell? Like, what it's happened? It's good to know people listen to my show. Yeah, no. So I now I know who my real friends that are friends enough with me to listen to the days of the show that I'm supposed to be on to uh -huh. hear Anthony disclose my medical information that I told him confidentially. All right. So now I need to know, like, now. who... Who are you, who are your friends that like who reached out having heard me say it like who do I know? That's I'm not going to encourage to this behavior by giving them shoutouts. <laughs> um, well, I you also hate when people like say happy birthday to you and it's like that kind of attention too, mm -hmm. um, which is great because you know by the time you guys are listening to this today is actually Harrison's birthday, so <laughs> give. <laughs> give Give him a shout out. <laughs> as, as on brand as that would be for me to get COVID on a, like for my birthday, um, you yeah. know, given sort of my health luck, uh, that is not the case. It's, it's All right. Good. I do want to know, like, why is it? Because like Aaron was like, don't put his business out there. Like, it's not like you got some embarrassing disease. Like, it's just a cough. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, you know, I don't, I don't generally put my, put my, I said this to someone and they're like, don't you have a weekly segment where you announce bad things that happen to you? And I'm like, yeah, but that's it was the me. effect, you know, it's, it's different. <laughs> All right. Well, here, let me make it up to you. Um, full disclosure, everybody, literally minutes before you and I recorded, I had spent the previous half hour recording uh, the episode that I hope you guys have already listened to with Mike Trudell. It was a fun one, a fun discussion. Um, he and I are both Vikings fans, so we kind of look at the world a little differently because of that. And I think it made for, for some good audio. But uh, I do have a clip to play from that that Harrison um, will, will make you feel a little better. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. All right, here we go. Yeah, there's a bunch of, you know, super intelligent, you know, decent Lakers fans out there. And then there's also Harrison, you know, so... It works out. It works out. You know, I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back here. Um, if I had to rank you and Harrison, I would have oh, no, no, no. you several rungs below. Um, not, at the, not at the extreme bottom, but well below Harrison. So that, I just want to state that for the record, um, in front of you and not behind your back. I would never say that behind your back, but now that I'm looking at you, yes. 
I, I appreciate Mike keeping it real there. I, I think, you know, <laughs> he gets it. I've always said, I've always said there's no better sideline reporter in the business. My, my favorite moment in that clip is when I realize, oh shit, this is backfiring. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Uh, I, I normally I, I make a joke like now, that. Like, you get like a laugh and then we like, you move on. But no, he was like, no, hold on. Let's spend some like, time no, man, on I this. I need to correct this. No, I mean, that's the commitment <laughs> to facts that Mike brings to every single thing that he does is he was not going to let, you know, you spread false information, even on a podcast that he was guesting on. And that's why I respect him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's never afraid to kind of share his true opinion. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess we've 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 kind of dawdled around and had our fun um, enough here. We do have to talk about this this series that the Lakers find themselves in. Actually, since you and I last spoke a couple weeks ago, maybe a few weeks ago, right? It's been um, so long that my virtual background when I was getting set to come into this call was, was still the Grizzlies in Cancun. <laughs> yeah, I, saw, <laughs> I saw that when when you logged on. I was kind of hoping you would keep it. Um, although like, you know, having John Morant in the background, John Morant in the background of your, of your video is, is actually a lot more dangerous than, um, <laughs> than with most people, but, but, uh, we, we haven't spoken in a while. The Lakers have since won an entirely different series since the last time you and I spoke. Um, we didn't get to shit on the Golden State Warriors. Had the Lakers won last night, I'd be ready to do just that all over again. And maybe at a different time we can we can do that and have a little bit more fun with that win over the Warriors. But but no, the Lakers screwed it up. They lost last night's game. Um, Darvin Ham started with a super tall, super small lineup against one of the biggest groups in the NBA. It didn't go well. The Lakers looked both slower and smaller than the Denver Nuggets, which is a pretty bad combination in just about any athletic uh, venture. And yeah, it just it just did not go very well and yeah, i'm not sure that there's even a sport where slower and smaller is better maybe golf golf yeah but like even but even there though like you still have to swing hard you know like it, it actually yeah, is you kind don't have of to move fast to get to the ball you know you yeah can, you can be small and slow in well, general like, as long as you got arm strength well golf actually is one of those for a long time this was the case it's it's changed a little bit now because of the technology that's going into some of these clubs but for a long time it was actually kind of an advantage to be shorter in golf because there was less that can go wrong in a golf swing when you're when your arms get super long you have to control that golf uh the the, the club head you have to try a lot harder to control it because it's so far out there it's kind of like when you shoot a basketball um, it's actually beneficial to have shorter arms when you're shooting a basketball because your arms just kind of naturally place in a different in, in in the correct spot. When you watch like Brandon Ingram shoot when he first got to the league, his arms were kind of all over the yeah, place. Yeah, there were like four things going wrong on the path to release. Yeah, or, like Desmond Bain with his little T Rex arms is just, exactly you know like unstoppable. So uh, yeah, I mean, I guess what we learned is the Lakers would have won if they played golf against Denver last night. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they didn't. Denver's like I mean, D'Lo really and nice Austin both playing. Game. That's a, that's something they bonded over. So I th I think I, I got the Lakers in that matchup. Yeah, I do. I I, I think so too. Um, so it didn't go well. Um, the Lakers wind up uh down big at the half. You know, they were down double digits after one, double digits after two, down double digits after three. Um, Jokic makes that miracle shot that pushes it instead of eleven point game, it's a fourteen point game. That gave it a different feel heading into the fourth quarter. But still, the Lakers, uh, you know, to their credit, super resilient. 
they come right back and 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 um, they hang around long enough, despite at one point being down eighteen or twenty. Uh, I, I forget how high the score actually got to, and and uh, you know like made a game of twenty at some point. It might have gotten up to like twenty two, twenty four, maybe. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it, <clears throat> it felt insurmountable. I, I think I tweeted midway through the third quarter. All right, that was fun. See you all for game two. You know? Yeah, no, I was. I asked Raj if he was ready to record at halftime. Um, yeah, and and. Uh, you know, again, it, it takes resiliency to, to fight back like that, but you don't want to obviously put yourself in that spot. And I'm curious, like, I think the right place to start here, and I started here with Raj, and I started here with Trudell, and everybody's reactions to the small lineup at the beginning to me have been really interesting because um, it's really easy to fall into confirmation bias here. It's easy to play the result also, but... Um, I, I also think that they can't ditch it all together. I, I do think that throwing that pitch occasionally is something that they can try doing like in spurts here and there when those guys are ready to play super hard. But when you start the game that way, that's where I think you kind of run into issues. But what did you think about it when you when you got the, the message that they that's how they were going to start the game? How did you feel about it? So, you know, to be honest, I, I listened to your show with Pete and after he said that, you know, given sort of the four sourcemen of the film room uh, and like how accurate mm-hmm. he is when he predicts things, I, I generally expected uh, that yeah. to be the case once Pete said that that was what he expected. So I think I was I wasn't really surprised when the Haynes tweet came out that Dennis was going to start. I mean, it works so well against the Warriors. You know, it's one of these things where Darvin is very much seems to be a coach like many coaches where you know, if something works you're going to have to, they're going to make the other team force them to adjust. You know, Vogel was like this during the entire title run where, you know, even when it was pretty obvious going into, you know, I remember most vividly the rocket series that like, Hey, this is probably not a JaVale series, you know, but it still, it still took the Rockets sort of punching them in the mouth a little bit first for the Lakers to be like, yeah, you know, all right, we're going to, we're going to bench JaVale. And so I think the, the Lakers weren't going to change their lineup. And to be honest, I didn't really necessarily want them to. I thought that there were legitimate arguments to go with the small group out there with Dennis ball pressuring Murray, like sort of, you know, I thought maybe LeBron and AD would be able to do well enough on the boards that you could sort of make some things happen. I thought that genuinely, like I thought that if they were going to start that group, it was going to involve a lot more LeBron on Jokic because that is a matchup that, you know, going into the series, like I think I talked with you about it. I talked with other people like my galaxy brain theory was that that was sort of the best matchup on Jokic because LeBron, if if you're trying to bully LeBron in the post, that is one of the places where he's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to make a fool out of me. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can back cut me 17 times a game. And that's fine because <laughs> I will give no you wide open three after wide open three an offensive yeah, no rebound after offensive rebound fault or, or be mad at me for that. But like, if you try to take me in the post and bully me, like I'm going to lock in like this is an affront to my manhood. I'm going to guard you. And- <laughs> yeah, he uh, utilizes the, the old man strength like it's just. That gets LeBron. And Hmm. so, and so, uh, you know, I I thought that was something, I think that's still maybe something that they go to in spurts, uh, even if it's not necessarily the primary matchup. I I thought to me, um, a little bit, because there were spurts where the Lakers looked like they could hang, even despite sort of very clearly, I think, being. And this is not to make an excuse. They didn't show up to play in the first half either, but I think the altitude, you know, did hit take the wind out of them a little mm-hmm. bit in addition to them playing terribly. And so it's like, And they're oh, the man. lesser like, team. They're yeah. the underdog in this. 
Yeah, like, which, like don't tired. don't tell the Nuggets that. <laughs> I, I can't I can't breathe, and they're kicking our ass. It's like, okay, why am I boxing out again? You know, it's like, there's yeah. a little bit of that sort of mentality in the first half. And to me, though, I still think that some of the combinations and some of the lineups that they use and some of the players, I think, were for the most part the right answers. It's almost like. Like, do you ever, you play video games. I know that you've played some games like, you know, Jedi uh, Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor. I don't know if you mm-hmm. started that one yet or the Uncharted series where you have to sort of solve these puzzles. And sometimes it takes you a couple tries. You're like, okay, I know I'm supposed to do this and this and this, but I didn't do them in the right order. And you're trying to figure out the right order to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, trigger these events in to get, you know, into the next room or unlock some treasure or whatever it may be. And it almost felt like that's what the Lakers had last night where they sort of, they have the right answers to the puzzle. They just have them in the wrong place. And yeah. I think that, you know, going forward in the series, there's some stuff to like sort of coming out of this. Although at the same time, I don't want to make it sound like I think it's too easy to just be like, oh, well, the Nuggets are on their heels. Lakers figured it out. They just figured it out too late. Series is over. Rui's going to clamp Jokic for 38 minutes a night and, you know, we're good to go. I think if you throw anyone coverage at Jokic, for too long oh he's yeah going to dice it he's too smart of a player he's too much mm-hmm. of a killer like it, it's just it's not going to happen where you're able to completely shut him down and like they were able to down the stretch they're going to have smarter places to put aaron gordon they're going to make some adjustments sort of in terms of how they attack that specific defensive strategy but i do think that the lakers found one tool in the toolbox that they can go to that still allows ad to unlock himself as that sort of horrifying rover that uh you know was disrupting so many passes from Jokic even after they made that adjustment yeah I it was interesting that they went to Rui and never used LeBron really on Jokic um that was I I think that's one of the I don't know if you caught the Darvin Ham last night he's like we still have some answers that we didn't reveal tonight I think mm -hmm. uh that may be in his pockets somewhere yeah yeah like you know uh Rui and look to Rui's credit like he far outstripped my expectations he's strong Um, he's strong oh no he for sure is and yeah like i i was never too worried about him getting moved off of his spot like the thing the reason that i i was really excited to see him in the memphis series and he played well in that one and why he didn't necessarily work as well in the golden state series is the man is built like a tree trunk man like he has a couple sequoias down there for legs and he really and is thick coos, you know it's just he's that, that huge is what he reminds me of he's he's just he's a, a big dude and um yeah so i i i thought wow i thought going into i i also have long COVID. this is this show is actually brought to you by long COVID. please stop um, trying to jinx me into this this is not you you know this is a worry for me i don't want that to be the case stop <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't think you have, I don't know. Like, I don't I, I've been coughing since I've had it. So just get Great. ready for that. All right. Yeah. New fear unlocked. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> hey, you like to go platinum? Like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I unlock, you, you unlock every fear that you might have in, in yeah. life. No, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm just going around fear hunting. That's, that's sort of my, that's my real life version of trophy hunting. That's essentially the podcast I've been doing for seven years. So yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I I thought that Rui was going to play a really big role in this series because Denver's huge. Like you look across their entire starting lineup, um, Murray is a bigger physical point guard, right? He's kind of built like Darren Williams. You have um, KCP, who's like six five 
and long and, and athletic and with like this engine just like never cuts out. MPJ is six eight, six nine. Aaron Gordon is like six eight, six nine and thick. And then you have freaking Jokic, who's a legit seven feet tall and almost three hundred pounds. It is a huge team. And if you're going to beat that team um with, you know, smaller, quicker guys, it's going to be because it's going to be because those guys are flying around out there. And I thought at the beginning of the game, and this is kind of why starting with that kind of a group is kind of tough because when you, uh, when you start a game and this is just a subconscious thing that just about everybody does, but when you start a game and you're, and you're anticipating playing like 30 plus minutes in that game that you started, it's a little different when Jared Vanderbilt starts a game and knows he's probably going to play about 20 minutes and he just plays out there with turbo on right just perpetually um had a little too much turbo last night man he was brutal yeah but um but if he but if you start a game and you know that you're going to play 30 minutes in that game you are subconsciously going to pace yourself like you just are you know um and and i thought that last night those guys came out there and like were ready to pace themselves against the Nuggets team that was waiting for like an organization, by the way, that has been waiting its entirety to like, I think this is the first time they've had home court in, in a conference finals. This is certainly the first time they've been the number one seed, I believe in the NBA. This is the best chance that city has at ever winning a championship period. And, and that city was ready for it. And um, when you come out there and, um, it's one thing to start big and then throw that different pitch out there with going super small and have those guys kind of disrupt the rhythm of the game that way. That's that's one thing. But if that's if that's the rhythm that you want to set, I think that's really difficult to do against a team that is that much bigger than you everywhere. There wasn't a single person on the floor, maybe outside of LeBron. Um, and LeBron, though, like, Aaron Gordon and LeBron are built fairly similarly. Um, LeBron might be a little thicker, but beyond that, like they're, they're both strong, big dudes. So that's the only potential size advantage that you have. Everybody else out there is either at a significant or, you know, slight size advantage out there. And, and I just, you know, I, I just think that's really difficult to get away with in the NBA. It's just, it, it, especially in the playoffs, where guys are allowed to play more physically and on the road, especially where the home team is allowed to play more physically. Um, I just, uh, Pete mentioned it and then he kind of mentioned in passing, well, maybe it could be Rui too. And I was like, please, please be Rui, please. Like, you know? And then when I saw the lineup, I was kind of bummed and it, and it didn't work out. And also like, I also want to stress, and I said this with true on, on the show just a second ago, it's one thing to be, uh, to come out there and 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 I think misdiagnose your approach to the game, but those guys still have to go out there and compete. And I didn't think they did. I thought they, yeah. I thought they they you know it didn't matter if Rui started. It's not like that's gonna like I know a lot of people were kind of looking at it like, well, if they just started Rui, that definitely would have meant that they win that game. Maybe going away, it's not quite that simple because everybody out there was playing with such a malaise uh, to to start that game. They were way too comfortable getting into that game. They got their asses kicked, and and uh, and I don't know if that necessarily changes just by swapping uh, Schroeder and Rui. 
Yeah, so a couple points I want to make off of sort of what you said. Number one is there was nothing the Lakers could do going into last night that was going to guarantee that they win that game. They were going into the number one seed's house with home with a rest advantage in a place that is notoriously difficult to play. Like this is something yeah. again, I'm I'm not trying to make excuses. And like the Lakers chemically lost that game difficult because to of play. a lot more than altitude, but it certainly put them behind the eight ball. It was always going to be an uphill battle, even if they came with incredible energy right off the bat to sort of adjust to that in Denver and, you know, be able to sort of play in that immediately. So that, that was always, that was why I picked that. Frankly, you know, I did, uh, I did Kaplan and crew yesterday and I was talking with them about like, I expected the Lakers to lose game one, like regardless of sort of adjustments, whatever, like that was something that, again, this is the number one seed you're on the road, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you, they have a rest advantage and sort of one of the hardest home court advantages for actual physical reasons to play in, in the NBA. And if Denver came out, you know, really motivated and uh, right from the jump, they were always going to sort of be favored in that game as they should. That's not to say the Lakers are hopeless in this series i'm picking them in seven nothing about last night necessarily changed that pick for me i just thought that you know it's going to be hard for them to get the same math that they've gotten the last couple series where they steal game one they kind of lay an egg in game two win three and four lay an egg in game five and then finish out in six like i don't know that that's going i thought they were going to lose last night which means you have to go all out and try and steal game two which in that case like can you really maintain can with this team's up and down energy level and execution, can they really sort of maintain and, you know, win three in a row versus this Denver team, you know, even on their home court? Like, I don't know that that's necessarily feasible. Like, I, I think this is always going to require them winning on the road in game seven at the end of sort of a tough drag out series where, you know, neither team necessarily has a rest advantage anymore. And it just comes down to, okay, who has the talent and who's going to execute better and who has matchup advantages. And I think the further we get into this series, I think the more, of those the Lakers are going to be able to pick at and expose than necessarily what Denver is going to be able to. But again, like a, a seven game pick is like a coin flip. Like they could, they could certainly lose this series. Uh, the other thing that I just sort of wanted to, you know, throw in there was the Lakers were, I think they can play these small lineups, but you know, it, it's gotta be probably in those non Jokic minutes, you know, in yeah. those, uh, in those sort of bench or at least like the mixed sense, not against the, not against Denver starters. I think you can go with <laughs> some of those smaller units. I also think this may be a Wenyan over Vando series, uh, even though he, you know, fouls, like he thinks he gains extra points for it, you know, having him out there just as somewhat of a rim deterrent, the, the, the word is out on the LeBron Rui front court. You see it the second now. It's on team scouting reports where the second it's those two guys in the game, they are going to the rim, the opponents. Yep. Every single time going to the rim, it's like these guys are not going to stop us. And if even if they try, we can probably shoot over them. And you know, Rui had a couple weak side block, had like a weak side block or two last night. You know, he had his defensive moments. LeBron always has, you know, sort of the one loud chase down a game or whatever. But by and large, teams are going to get a layup line when that group is out there. And we've seen this for three rounds now. I just don't think, like, you're not going to win the math game with that lineup giving up, you know, 80% shooting at the rim. You know, it's just, yeah. I don't care if it's Malik Beasley or whatever guard you're throwing out there to try and win the, you know, okay, we're going to go down and get some threes on the other end. It's just not equating to a winning formula for the Lakers. And I think you have to get Wenyan out there. Just to, not that he's going to necessarily solve all those problems, but against that also small Denver front court, like, he can get some buckets at the rim. He can sort of clean up the garbage or around the opportunities like yeah, help exactly. swing the math and back in your favor yeah 
Yeah, I, I, I went into this not really thinking this was a great Vando series. There's not an obvious defensive matchup for him, and he's such an offensive liability. Like, he, if he can come get in the gym this summer and work on just, like, one offensive thing where he's able to either kind of, you know, one NBA take, take guys off the dribble and score at the rim, like, you know, off of, off of closeouts or something, which guys aren't going to close out to him without a three-point shot. So I think it's just got to be the corner three. Like, that's all I want to see him work on this summer is just mm-hmm. some sort of corner three weapon because at that point you know he's going to be a real player but right now in certain matchups where there's not an obvious defensive utility for him I just think he's going to be a liability and I think this series might be the case for him yeah like if you're going to use him you have to put him on Murray and basically say like make Murray's life you know just unbearable right and like i respected the effort he brought with i don't think that it's anything where like he is you know actively selling or anything like that like he went out there and played with 100 he played vando style ball but it was just you know he was fouling he was you know smashing in the guy it was just i i just don't we'll see maybe he could make me look dumb and i'd love that but because i love vando but uh i don't think that this is the greatest series for him yeah i think i the the issue that i see is um if he isn't like it's not just the shot, right? Everybody looks at the shot. The fact that he gets ignored on on offense, um, as as like, well, he can't play because it allows somebody out there to just kind of take uh, possessions off or make life miserable for somebody else um, because they're ignoring Vando. Um, but there were things that he was doing earlier in the playoffs, or the Lakers were doing with him early in the playoffs, that um, made that liability less defined, right? Less distinct. And for whatever reason, he has stopped doing those things. He's not offensive rebounding. He's not like getting the ball and looking to, to immediately go into a dribble handoff or anything like that. He's just kind of like existing out there and knowing that like, I yeah, I, yeah. It, 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 and, and, and by the way, like, I think this might, we might actually eventually see this with Aaron Gordon in the series that like when, when somebody knows that the opposing team's defense is kind of predicated on let that guy shoot. Yeah. Under the, the no circumstances. defense. Yeah. Yeah. Under no circumstances whatsoever are we suppo- are, are we to react to that guy rising up to shoot. The Kobe on Rondo, I'm just going to like wave at you and say, go ahead and shoot. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. And and eventually that gets into your head. It did with Rondo too. Like yeah. that that like when when, when we in in every player, like you know, I always kind of go back to the Doug Christie thing, even though the Lakers weren't defending him that way. I just, he knew he was broken in that series. His shot was off. And 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 it just kind of, over the course of seven games, seven high-intensity games that you're, that you're realizing that, and you feel like your teammates are realizing that, and even worse, the other team knows that, like that is eventually going to really wear on you. And I think we saw that in, in we've seen that now for the playoffs in, in, with Vando. And... You know, the, the, the thing with Wenyan, um, is he going to shoot the occasional corner three or whatever? And is he going to knock any of them down? No, that's not. But he does. He I does. think he actually shot okay on threes this year. Uh, he did. He was, he he was like fine. Seven. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know. But he's he's not. That's not going to translate yeah, yeah. to the playoffs. But, like, but I think, um, but he he will, like, slap the ball out and, and give the Lakers an extra possession. He will. You know, because he's going to be guarded by somebody smaller than him, you know, force a foul that creates an extra possession and maybe puts them in the bonus a little quicker. Um, 
Vando does none of those things right now. And, and, uh, you know, until he does and look, maybe, maybe he proves us wrong. Maybe he does start doing some of those things and, and he provides some utility out there, but until then, and it's hard to really like hope, like continue to hope because it's now, you know, two and a half series of, of that now. And you're down one zero. It's one thing yeah. to continue sort of, you know, you've won, but you have some weaknesses and it's like, okay, let's see if we can play this guy through it. But when you're down one, yeah. you know, I think the hook has to get a little quicker. Yeah. Um, and I think that Vando, you know, like if, like, let's say, you know, the Lakers make the finals hypothetically, and it's the Celtics, you know, facing them or even the heat, you know, Vando has a real role in those series. Yeah. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, I'm not saying, you know, bench Vando, he's unplayable, whatever. I, I just don't think that this is a good matchup for him. Yeah. Neither was Golden State, you know, he's, he's a very hyper, like he's a very specific kind of player. He's I, I very he matchup dependent player. against Golden State than he did in this series. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, guess. you forget in games one and two, you know, games one and two, you know, their major adjustment on on Draymond Green was partially mm -hmm. Vando. Their their first game defense on Steph was partially yeah, Vando. You know, he had roles in that series before the Warriors kind of figured him out a little bit and made him harder to play. Yeah, yeah. I, this I mean, one, it's I like guess right I... off the bat, I just don't know if this can work. You know, there's too yeah. many. It's just a bad fit. I mean, I, like, if you're going to try him out, I guess you try him guarding MPJ and making sure that that, like, X factor doesn't become a big X factor. Yeah. And basically just say, like, take him out. Because when he has it going, we saw it in the first half, right? Um, actually, this, this can be, um, you know, expanded out, you know, this theory or this trend over the course of his career with the Nuggets. He scores 10 points in the first half. Um, and the Nuggets are winning handily, right? He only scores five or six points in the second half, and the Nuggets look significantly different, right? And D'Angelo Russell, he no, he really is. Like he's yeah. just he he's he's their barometer from like being a good team to outright unbeatable when when he has it going, and and I guess like if you're trying to find a use for Vanderbilt. It's make sure he doesn't get it going. Anything can happen, but do not let this guy get it going. Um, I just don't know. I also don't know if it's if it's worth it to utilize resources in that way. But yeah, you know who knows? Like that might be something that you that a pitch that you throw occasionally over the course of this thing. Um, I want to talk or, about LeBron. Or you try the Wenyan thing, and if that you know is getting exposed and not working, then maybe you try Vando in a different role yeah. where you're yeah you know you go to one of those alternative options. Yeah. Um. I want to talk about LeBron because um, you're just putting think, off talking about D'Lo. I, I I think like you're well, just... like what's what, what do you say? Like make shots, defend, play yeah. better. You know, yeah. like I, it's just it's well, it's this difficult. Is, you know, you and I I think talked about this the last time we potted was D'Lo is somewhere between an 82 and 16 game player. You know, like he's not unplayable in the playoffs, but he's going to have games like this. And you yeah. know, I that's part of what makes me optimistic is they got one of the bad D'Lo games out of the way, and they still almost stole it. You know, and it, yeah. if they can get some good D'Lo games in here, then that is going to help them. I just don't know. Like I asked Mike, what can be done? What can be done to get a good D'Lo game? And some of it is just making shots. Some of it is yeah. just like being engaged offensively. But also, it's a tough matchup for him because um, I don't think they're going to utilize Murray on Russell. And if KCP is on Russell, that's like the prototype of yeah. the guy that you defend Russell with. 
you know and so, and you know to some degree that's you know kcp defending like that's the d'lo versus you know the two number one lakers uh you know legends battle yeah, right. Yeah. It just hurts that much more when like KCP, every shot that he made last night, like Rosh, it felt big, but every shot was just like a kick to the nuts. Cause I, was like, I almost tweeted this. They should not have traded that guy. Uh, he, I, I almost tweeted this and I was just like, ah, I just don't even want to engage with the, with, you know, these, you know, rust stands anymore. But like, it is wild that the Lakers sent out the two best players and a pick in that trade, like two guys who are individually yeah. more helpful to winning basketball games in 2023. And a pick. Uh, you know, and a pick, and then I guess Trez's contract, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but Well, yeah. Trez, is, Trez is an 82-game player. Trez, yeah. like, he, you know. I don't like, even but, know but, if he's that anymore. <laughs> that's also true. He's, how many games do they play in the CBA? I, I, like, he's he's, he's going to be, whatever like, that game player. Dwight had Dwight had that that clip right that went kind of viral. Where he's, like, calling out everybody who's played poorly in the playoffs to say to, like, come out and play in Taiwan. Like, yeah. There was somebody laughing in the background of that. That was actually Montrez Harrell. Like that. <laughs> but oh, um, <clears throat> but like they. So yeah, like he, all right. You want if we if we want to put a bow on the Russell thing. And I, I tweeted I, this I out. I had to poke you because I know no one else has. No one else is gonna poke you into doing your full you know D-Lo rant. And this yeah. is what the people come to you for. Look, if you're gonna be the Lakers pessimist, you got you got to be willing to go in. He's way too okay with just being subbed out in the fourth quarter for for Dennis Schroeder. Like it's happened so often over the course of his career that he just like kind of stands there and like look, props to him for staying positive and and like being there for guys and and standing up and cheering and stuff like that. But at some point, it's got to get under your skin. Like why is why am I always the guy who keeps on who keeps on getting subbed out here in this spot? Why is it always me? So you're you mad know? at D'Lo for being too good of a teammate. Yeah, to a certain that, extent, that's yeah. That's what we call growth, you know? Yeah, it's... well, like, the thing is, um, like, it, it does, like, to be a competitor, you do have to be kind of selfish. You have to be, like, an asshole occasionally, you know? And, and again, like, it's cool that he's there for his teammates, and it's cool that he stays positive and all that stuff, but also, like, part of me wants to see, like, look over there at the sideline as he's coming off of the bench, or off of the court for Schroeder for a fourth quarter that he probably isn't going to play in, and just see him like like angry at at something, whether it's angry at Darwin or angry at himself, whatever. He just like he just accepts up uh, <laughs> shit. Not my night. Good luck, everybody. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> see see you in the showers. Like it's just like it's just I, I want I want to see that guy like get angry at, at on those nights that he doesn't have it and try to figure out ways to impact the game other than hey, is my is my shot working? No. All right, well, guess I don't All have right, it tonight. You guys tonight. got it. Good luck. Yeah, like it's just yeah. like the, the, you're making thirty mil a year, man. No, like, it, he, it's sort of what I think separates him from you know it, he's a guy that's made an all star team and you know like like both of us love Delo's game and you know specific parts. Of when it. he's got it going, he's yeah. fun as hell when to he's watch. Got it going, but like this is what separates him from sort of taking that next level. I think is he's a guy that you know whether it's. I don't think it's entirely physical limitations. Obviously he's limited as a defender for physical reasons. Mm -hmm. He's just not that laterally quick and like not, you know, that athletic or anything like he's always going to have limitations on that end, but it does seem like, I think you really hit on it is that he's almost too. Uh, he's like, okay, yeah, my shot's not going like the great, great players will find another way to impact the game and try and do something else. And it just doesn't really feel like he goes 
to sort of that well where he's like, okay, yeah. my shot's off. Like I am just going to, you know, get all up in Jamal Murray's grill and I'm going to try to be and be as irritating as possible. Or, you know what? I'm a fairly big guard. I'm going to try and help us out on the boards or, you know, set some screens, like come down, help. Yeah. Like help. Yeah. yeah like pin down, come down and, and, and either help somebody on, on a, on a, on a block out or fill a gap so that when the ball lands, like whatever, it doesn't land. It's just, yeah, I, I, and this is the thing that I, I tweeted it out earlier today, and, and people are saying that I'm being too reactionary to, to like one bad Russell you? game. And it, too reactionary, well, but like, how can oh, how can you no say way. it's like one bad Russell game? Like, it's he's had multiple of these games in every series to this point. Yeah, like, yeah. Of, not just in this, not just this season either, right? Like over the course of his career, no, he got he got outplayed by his backup too in 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 Minnesota, and um. Like, look, the Lakers right now, you look over at their bench on some of these fourth quarters, Malik Beasley hasn't played in a, in, in like a, a two full series. Um, D'Angelo Russell is getting the occasional fourth quarter off. Mo Bamba, like Mo Bamba's hurt. So to a certain extent, like that's just, it is what it is. And he got hurt when he would have been proving that he could play in the series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is... $50 million sitting over there on, on, on the Lakers sidelines. And that is really difficult. Like it's, it's just like when, when Russell was the $50 million that, you know, was hurting you on, on a basketball court. It's really difficult when you're hoping that a veteran minimum De- Dennis Schroeder and a rookie contract, Austin Reeves and a still rookie contract, uh, Rui Hachimura and an underpaid Jared Vanderbilt, like those guys are going to be like the backbone uh, backbone of your rotation when the more expensive guys are sitting over there, like like literally sitting over there, not doing anything for you. That's really difficult to overcome. You look at the, the Nuggets roster; they don't have almost any of that fat. You know, they you you look at all of their higher well, paid players. Okay, yeah, all their higher paid players. Higher paid right, players, higher okay. like 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 yeah, higher paid players. I was gonna say you, they. I was I was looking at their roster heading into the series. You know, they, they have a little bit of fat over there. Oh, for sure, the, yeah. Like shoes, nobody you know, nobody yeah, has they, fifteen playable guys, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. you look at their the, the the guys that are on on top of their their spreadsheet, right? The 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 guys that are uh, at the top of their tax sheets every year, right? Jokic, obviously, multiple MVPs. He's an absolutely incredible player. Uh, MPJ, when he really has it going, is the difference between them being good and unbeatable. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, right? Champion. Jamal Murray, fucking dog out there. Like, he just competes. Like, there just, there isn't, there isn't a player in their main rotation who makes as much as D'Angelo Russell does that you just, you don't know what you're going to get night to night. You don't. You know, it's really difficult to, to overcome where, your point guard, your tone setter is just like some nights. Nah, sorry, everybody. Don't have it. See you guys, see you guys in game two. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a, really it's difficult. Texting the boss. It's like, you know, we're, we're understaffed. Like, uh, it's like, oh, man, that sucks. Good luck, though. That was you that know. was lit- literally him in the in yeah. the in the in the run to the playoffs. Right. It's like, hey, Russell, are you going to play tonight? Eh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> you know, he's injured. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't necessarily have anything to super add on that. You know, I know you want to talk about LeBron here in a second, but I think at this point, it's been funny to see all of the sort of exec of the year talk about Palinka, And I think somewhat justifiably so, you know, or like yeah. at least he deserved, uh, maybe more than like one, you know, third place vote or whatever he got, uh, <laughs> the 11th the place overhaul. finish. Yeah. But, and, and you know, some, some of, uh, you know, like info warriors, Twitter just sort of earnestly, 
like suggesting that the league rigged uh, the, <laughs> the Lakers by tra- by forcing yeah. Danny Ainge, a uh, known Laker collaborator, to mm-hmm. you know send them some help and help them out. And so and and Minnesota, Minnesota famously loves the Lakers uh, and just yeah. like wants them to do well. So those were like the two teams that you would think were most likely <laughs> to sort of just throw them a bone and help them out. But you know it, it's sort of clear at this point that the best player that the Lakers traded for at the deadline was you know Austin Reeves without Russell Westbrook in his way. Yeah. Well, and Rui. And Ru- Rui's, Rui's outstanding, man. Yeah, like, no, Rui, Rui's great. That's no, that's no shade of Rui. And you know, look, Delo's had some great games here. And I, I expect yeah. that he'll have some good ones in this series too. But, but yeah. you know, r- r- clearing the way for just a rotation that made sense and guys that they can bench and, you know, breaking it really up. It really was sort of what you talked about uh, all season. So I, I'm, I'm belatedly giving you some credit as well that you just need <laughs> sort of, you know, turns out it does help to spread out 50 million over like four or five options versus you know one that fits badly especially when that 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 one 50 million dollar contract is so good at ending momentum (laughs) it's just his like talent is like triple doubles and fucking up a run (laughs) yeah emodium stopping runs everywhere (laughs) yeah they needed more of an x-lax player yeah that's That's a, Lakers traded for X-Lax at the deadline. That's that's a new bench. Oh, well, let's see if we can get that bench unit uh, to stick. You think that'll work? Yeah, um, no, let's see. We'll try. I'll, I'll let you tweet it out tomorrow night. We'll see if we can you get that funny? going. You know what's funny? I bet LeBron oh, man, would find X-Lax that. the X-Lax lineup. It's in, it's in now. Couldn't you see LeBron identifying the... the, the... I mean, LeBron the, the, did want to call that Lakers bench group mud. Mud. understood, determined, and... I don't know. I forget what the second B was for, but yeah. Not doo-doo. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no. um, all right. Sorry to speaking... those of you listening to this, uh, if you're like eating right now. That's <laughs> our bad. Uh, all right. So let's talk about LeBron. Um, I thought he recognized very early on in this series, just like it, it, his approach to this is very similar to a Steph series. He was like, huh, Jamal, huh? All right. Yeah. And then um and and so he like he just kept spamming that button over and over and over and over and over again. So offensively, I think there's something there. Um Tradell said after that that after the game uh that he thought that the Lakers in the locker room were a pretty positive bunch and that it all kind of started with LeBron as maybe I uh, maybe LeBron, you know, helped identify some stuff that the Lakers can can take advantage of. That said, um and I know it's hard, you know, he's 38 years old and he's being asked to do a lot offensively, but, um, you could have just I, said it's I, hard. He's 38 years old. I think it's just like genuine, generally hard to be 38. You know, it is. Just, I, I am, I turned 37 and, and everything hurts at all yeah, times. You know, it's but, just, it's like, you know, he's 38 years old. It's hard. Yeah. Like, it's just... <laughs> but like the Aaron Gordon matchup is going to be a really interesting one for him because he likes to preserve his energy. He goes, basically what he does, and I've said this a few times now, is on defense, he'll go stand on one of the blocks, whatever whatever block it is that is on the side of the court that his guy is, is standing in the corner. He's going to go stand there in the block, and, you know, he'll point and he'll do his thing there, and occasionally he'll show to, you know, to stop a passing lane or something like that. Then the shot goes up, and he just kind of, like, wanders idly to the basket, right? And, um... Sometimes he goes there with the intentions of, of grabbing the ball, but for the most part, it's like, oh, AD's got it. All right, let's go. And then he gets the outlet, yeah. and it's time to go, right? 
Um, the thing with Aaron Gordon is, and we saw this somewhat with Wiggins, but I think Gordon is is a, is a different uh, a different challenge here, in that like Gordon's going to be very physical on his way to the basket, and it's going to take somebody LeBron sized to stop Gordon from getting in there and creating extra opportunities for Denver. And again, I understand how diff- how hard the game is for LeBron to play at this stage of his career and the way that the Lakers need him to play when they're really looking to make a run. But he's going to have to be better defensively when he's guarding Aaron Gordon because that was that was that was really hurting them um, in some spots there. Especially in the first half when it just looked like it, that was part of, you know, look, we, we just spent a couple minutes like, you know, criticizing D'Lo. And again, Le- LeBron's 38, all the caveats of all this abound, you know, you can't have your 38 year old, you know, forward be your tone setter for, you know, all the time. Like all these other guys need to have a little bit more intrinsic motivation and a little bit <laughs> yeah. more realization of sort of that. Like we cannot just wait for only when LeBron walks in, like you are not 38, you do not get to, you know, be this selective about it. But at the same time, there is sort of a human psychology element of, oh, LeBron is doing that. You know, like when LeBron comes out and he is playing like the hair that he has left is on fire, you know, the rest of the Lakers sort of follow that. You know, you can see mm-hmm. even D'Lo locks in a little bit defensively. It's like, okay, he's running. All right. It's, it's you know, yeah. it's time. Um, and there is, a, I think LeBron is going to have to be a little bit more like, I think he's going to have to press the turbo button a little bit earlier at times in games just to sort of help the team get off to a little bit better of a start mentality, energy, you know, whatever wise, I do think that that is something that could help. But again, you know, he is 38 and on some level, like that's gotta be AD. That's gotta be these guys motivating themselves sometimes too. I'm not saying that LeBron should have to, you know, play all out for every yeah. single minute. He's on the floor. That is not a fair ask at this point in his career, but it, yeah. And it's just, just not realistic it's not going to happen i try not to ask for it. like i'm not i try not to ask for things that are never going to be executed it's like i'm not going to yeah be like, like me paying well, attention what? to the plan vanderbilt if he can't shoot 40 percent on corner three <laughs> then he's just a coward and i think that the lakers need to cut him you know it's just like that i'm not going to expect him to shoot that level on threes and yeah. so that's not i'm not going to be like you know what the adjustment is Vando's just got to shoot better and then make Nuggets pay for leaving him, you know? Same thing, I'm not going to be like, LeBron needs to lock in at Anthony Davis levels on defense for the entire game, but I I think that he is going to have to ramp that up a little bit more earlier in games, and then, you know, maybe you can coast sort of through those middle portions a little bit, you know, and sort of try and get the team off on a little bit better of a start, especially in game two. I think that's going to be important. Yeah, I think... um... The nice thing about the the path that the Lakers have taken to the to this point in the playoffs is that LeBron has been able to really pick his spots in both of the last two series, right? Um, <clears throat> now, you can say that it was him picking his spots, or you can say that it was his body picking those spots for him, whatever. Like, that's the two sides of the coin that, that the Lakers have in front of them. But... Yeah, the I Lakers think it's his have, body forcing him to pick spots, and yeah, I think he I think is, so. has very much been in charge of when those spots are coming. Still, yeah, I think though in this series, because I think these are the two best teams in the league. Um, you know, I know that the the Celtics are like the heavy betting favorite uh, to win the championship right now. I think I saw them as low as like well, minus that's just because they have the easiest path, right? Like yeah. one of the two mm-hmm. really good teams is going to like come through beaten and bruised from beating yeah. each other. We're just going to lose. They're going to yeah. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> but uh, I, I think the the Lakers and the Nuggets, 
um, are the the two best teams in this in this uh, playoffs left right now, and um, and I think you know LeBron in this series is going to have to pick more spots. I think he's gonna he's still gonna have to pick them. You know he's not gonna be able to to he's not you know twenty seven anymore, right? He's not twenty eight, but um, I think he's going God, to have to. Can you imagine to, this team with a twenty eight year old LeBron though? Could you imagine this team with like a, a a first team all defensive point guard that you know yeah. that could maybe help on on the perimeter in some of these spots? Um, yeah, I I I think I you know it's it's difficult to ask for because it just it, it, Harrison, listen to us. Hey, thirty eight year old, could you play a little harder? Like, yeah, <laughs> like how old is Aaron Gordon? I don't even know. Like how how old is this guy? Aaron Gordon? Age? I think he's like twenty eight. Because he was he was Randall's draft class, right? He's like, yeah. Aaron Gordon is twenty seven. So yeah, this guy who is you know eleven years younger than you um, has way fewer miles, even by like even beyond the actual years that LeBron has been playing. It's been eleven hard years that he has been playing longer than Aaron Gordon. Um, and also, Aaron Gordon is like you know, if you're looking for athletic comps for LeBron, like yeah, this, like, he he's he's up there. He's he's in those stratospheres in terms of athleticism. Yeah, like should have won the a dunk contest because yeah. you know, like against against. Well, Aquafine. he didn't ruin the dunk contest by not competing, like like you said. You know, it's Aaron Gordon. Like, it's really nice that you just spit facts occasionally. Um, <laughs> but. But like, yeah, I, I, I still though, even even as I acknowledge how seemingly ridiculous the the request is here, like the Lakers do need more from him on that side because, um, like I've said all along, I I think and I thought heading into the series that Denver is the better team, um, than the Lakers. Uh, I that doesn't mean that I don't think the Lakers can upset them, but when you're the when you're when you're the underdog in a series, and sorry Nuggets writers. Your team is the is the favorite here. We need to we need to again. No, I know no, that. Hold it, on, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. No, we're gonna yeah. talk about this. We we can close it out on this. Okay, but like, but when when you're the when you're the underdog as the Lakers are, you cannot give up extra possessions. You cannot make the math harder on you. But and and, and I think LeBron is gonna have to be a bigger part of that. But but yeah, let's let let's actually like riff a little bit but on this idea that, that I did want to I did want to spend one minute on you know Anthony Davis. He's great, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That was insane. Great. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any critiques for AD after, uh, after forty point. He's, like uh, he's incredible. I actually, and I mentioned this last night on on the show, but the thing I liked about last night's game in particular was that like he got Jokic's best and was like, "All right, let's go." You went right I'm back at it. him. Yeah, yeah. Outscored him. You yeah. know. Um, yeah. I. If they win, if they win that game, we're like carving out a new spot for AD on like uh, on like center Mount Rushmore. You know, it's. Uh, Could you imagine if they would have won that game, like the the Jokic takes because he got he got shut out in the second half by Rui? Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine? Yeah. Man, oh. I wish. Oh, that what a been better so what a better universe that would have been. <laughs> and also, I, I do. I just uh, before we get to you know like the Nuggets, uh, the Nuggets as underdogs. Um, I, I just I, I don't understand why Michael Malone is trying to start a feud with D'Angelo Russell. Like last <laughs> night, he was just like he, he was like you know like I thought like we did a really great job taking D'Angelo Russell out. They didn't play him in the second half today. In game one, a guy that's played really well for them was not on the floor in the fourth quarter. And D'Angelo Russell, that to me is an interesting storyline. 
Are they going to play him? Are they not going to play him? Like, why is he going Dylan Brooks on an opposing player and try, like, maybe this is actually genius. He's like, well, we can't poke LeBron. And I don't want one of my guys saying something dumb about LeBron or AD. So I'm just going to bully D'Angelo Russell in the media and try and get, like, I'm going to poke, what would D'Lo be if LeBron is the bear? Like, I'm going to poke the cub, you know? D'Angelo and- Russell's just, like, sitting there like, I'm like, what do you say fuck me for? <laughs> just, he's, such a, he's like again why is he, why is he saying it again what did um, angelo russell do to mike malone i did i don't <laughs> i think uh i, I think he kind of like if i could pay, take it like semi-seriously here yeah um i think it kind of goes back to nobody is actually all that worried that d'angelo russell is gonna like don't tug his cape yeah, don't don't no. poke don't poke that bear. <laughs> that, also, a guy that is, does seem like he would potentially wear a cape to a game. Um, you know, he's like made. Mike, yeah, Mike Malone, um, and and like he's a part of this, right? Like, you know, it was funny. I saw I saw people taking issue with Mike Malone getting asked how the Nuggets are going to handle aspects of the Lakers um, and, and like some, some issues that the Lakers might present to the Nuggets, right? And that was taken as like this grand besmirching of the season that the Nuggets have had. Do you ha- have you guys ever asked a question before? Like, what are you going to ask Mike in that, in that spot? Mike. Um, Mike, so you guys are great, right? Yeah. Like you, you, can you, can you just like tell me about how, how, how nice Jokic is? Like, have you been in his pool? Is it is it a nice pool? How about his horses? Can we talk about his horses? Like, do you guys not want any questions whatsoever about this team that just knocked off the 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 defending champs? You want we aren't we aren't funny. Like, if 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 anybody says it's anything other than Nuggets in five, that's some kind of personal offense. It's an affront to the season that the Nuggets have had. Like, that doesn't. And and I don't know, like it's this thing that it's like one of my pet peeves in sports that really like does annoy me a lot. Maybe the thing I find most annoying is like the fake nobody believed in this bullshit. Like it is the it is the worst. It is the absolute dumbest freaking spiel that every like there was there was a player who played for the University of Georgia. The University of Georgia is like the best defense I've ever seen in college football history. He was like, yeah, man. You go back, and people didn't even think we were going to win five games in the SEC. Who the fuck was saying that? Nobody said that. Not a single person said that about you, dude. Nobody. And like, and now like you have like Bruce Brown out there. You're like, hey, why do you think you've been doubted? Nobody watches us. Well, yeah, part of that is because your dumbass owners still like won't sign off on a deal to get everybody on TV. That's part of it. Nobody's watching you. And the other part of it too is like. Nobody is saying that the nut like Vegas had. Nobody I think, watches us because our RSN is not carried locally. Yeah, right. Um, the, the the Nuggets going into the series, so the Lakers were plus one forty, right? Um, and 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 that's the Lakers being a hugely public team. So like, if it was anybody but the Lakers, that would probably that number would probably have been at like plus two hundred, where like you could double your money if the Lakers won this series, right? Anywhere from one seventy to to. To 200 would have been my guess. I haven't, I haven't looked at the updated odds on where they sit right now. But the Nuggets coming into this were like notable favorites coming into the series. Uh, uh, you know, according to Vegas, you had like seven out of ten ESPN 
I was gonna uh, say, I, I think it was, yeah, it was like seven out of ten. Although uh, Omar Raja picked twice for some reason, he had both Nuggets <laughs> in seven and Lakers in seven on their thing in two separate spots. So I don't know. It's like, yeah, it was, I, I always play both sides, so I always come out on top. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, uh, I'm I'm looking at I'm I'm pulling it up right now. What the what the odds are um, in this series? So right now, um, look at that. Lakers are plus two hundred to come back in this series. Yeah. as they should have been coming into it, right? The Nuggets are minus 240, which means if you bet 100 bucks, you're getting less than 50 bucks back on your bet because the Nuggets are that kind of favorite, um, especially after winning one game. Like, this has been the best team in the Western Conference for the majority of all of the season. They have been the best team in the conference. The 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 um, Coming into this, they are a one seed with home court advantage over a seven seed. And like, Anybody asks you any question about how difficult it might be to defend LeBron effing James, and that's you're taking you're taking offense to that, and that is now like people doubting whether or not you might beat a lowly seven seed. What what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, can I just say, like, number one, I, I agree with you on all the fake be we believe stuff. Like, can you imagine how? insecure you would have to be to start up like a fake we believe campaign about your team <laughs> that is heavily favored in every single series and like selectively find people that are picking against them for whatever reason yeah. and just like start up like <laughs> we believe graphics and you know like all this stuff and then not only are the nuggets sort of like playing trying to be uh, trying to do the fake underdog thing but you know they're doing it against the team that invented we believe it's it's unbelievable. Like the Lakers during the 2020 run, you know, everybody was picking against them. And, you know, yeah. all these people, all these, all these experts were like, oh man, you know, Charles, remember, Charles like, Barkley the, guaranteeing the Blazers were going to remember the Blazers yeah. were the greatest eight seed of all time. <laughs> yeah. No. And then you had, you had, yeah, the Blazers were the greatest eight seed of all time that lost in five games. I think, I, I think we can yeah. definitively uh, declare that. That yeah. was starting Wenyan Gabriel as a LeBron stopper. That you know, they, they were they were truly. It was hard to fathom how the Lakers could possibly beat that team. You know, but oh, the team scored a lot. Uh, like, and then like you have, and then the next round, there were a lot of people picking the Rockets against yeah. the Lakers. And you know, the Lakers, we believed in them, and they like went along with our belief and went along to you know win that title. I don't know that anybody really picked Nuggets against the Lakers or the Heat at that Not point. Not really. You know the Lakers were the most were the most disrespected one seed of all time, and and we just believed their way all the way through. This is our whole thing. Yeah. Nobody used we believe before us, and so the idea that the Nuggets are trying to use this on the Lakers, I honestly may sue. This is copyright infringement on my whole bit. It was it was one thing when Sham started the whole run it back show. I'm not letting another pe person steal my bits this year. This is unbelievable and I will not stand for it. And the Nuggets, like the Lakers need to beat that. Like they need to win it for Harrison at this point. It's just like, they're trying to steal my whole flow, bar, word for word, bar for bar. It, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Drake Ver Nuggets. It's unbelievable. And I'm Soldier Boy over here. This is. Did you, did you, did you actually start? We believe because I feel like the Warriors started. We believe like the actual they We Believe Warriors stole it from the Kings. I learned uh, during this playoff round that was not actually them. The Kings used that earlier. In the, the We Believe Kings. So much funnier how mad Warriors fans got during that run when I would use the <laughs> We Believe thing because it wasn't. There's like pictures of the Kings in the early 2000s or so, like using the We, the we Believe. We Believe Kings in like Kings. <laughs> font in their logo and everything like this exists it's out there and it's yeah not, so yeah all right well 
So it was yeah. in, it was in, you know, uh, like fair, fair free market trade, whatever, whatever Mickey Mouse is about to lapse into. It was in that free, <laughs> uh, free right. I claimed it. And yeah. my understanding of copyright law is that now the Denver Nuggets owe me millions of dollars. Like it's, again, it's not a worse usage of it than using it on DeAndre Jordan or like taking money from an RSN that won't show your game. So nobody's like invested or there's less people invested locally, like paying me millions of dollars you know, to settle this lawsuit, I'm just, yeah. my legal advice to the Nuggets would be to just do it. You know, I think, I think my case mm -hmm. has merit. I think they should just come to the table. <laughs> and this is just, it's unbelievable. Looking um, at you, Bruce Brown, cannot believe that you are just trying to steal my whole thing. I'm not, you know what? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't disagree with a single thing you said there. It's specifically that like, it, it, I don't know which is worse to, to do to their fans, employing DeAndre Jordan or not televising their games. Well, if you're going to employ DeAndre Jordan and he's like going to play minutes, that's actually sort of a mercy to not televise. It is kind of nice, think. yeah. Uh, but now that he's not playing and they're really good, you know, yeah. it's yeah. I mean, th thank goodness for national TV like broadcasting playoff games. I am genuinely, I like dropping dropping the bit just for a second. Genuinely feel bad for Denver fans about their local TV situation. Oh, yeah. Like it is that is like gigantic bullshit like sort of what is going on there and that the league just sort of like lets it happen and it's like hey like it's cool like the two-time mvp just is like barely on any local because of uh, any local tv because of the stupid like you know uh cable dispute that's been going on for years yeah it's, like, the, actively detrimental to your product and it's stupid. it was it's, like it, one of the many dumb things that the nba does for years the for years we saw that kind of going on with uh spectrum and the dodgers right we um we have seen that go on here in this case, and you have like, you have national blackouts that that it, that it occur. Like it's just let people the, see the, their team. I don't know. I, I, the, I feel the, like the part that's, of the, that's part my of hot the, take. Let let people watch uh, their team, and maybe they will want to pay more to go to games or buy more merch and yeah. be more invested. You know, it does does seem like a good idea to me. The part of the part of it that that like just really sucks. Looking expanding beyond like that that issue with blackouts it's just like at every turn fans just get like told and reminded nope you you are lowest on our priorities here like yeah. fuck you guys keep giving us money keep watching us keep making all this possible but, but you also give us as much money screw as other people and so also yeah. screw you yeah <clears throat> yeah so yeah I, I just you look at you look at like the direction that sports have gone where like um you know load management you have players that like organizations people I think far too often think of it as a player problem, but it's an organizational problem. You have tanking in sports because that pro presents a competitive advantage. You have um, sports getting less entertaining because in some cases, these teams have actually figured out the best way to play. And that is not always the most entertaining way to play the sport. And like at every single turn here, the fans are the ones who just like get reminded over and over and over again, you do not matter. Please give us money, but you do not matter. <laughs> Nuggets Nation or Lakers Nation, whatever it is. Like, it's just like, we'll just keep on rolling out with all these nations that we don't actually care about. Um, all right. I think I before we go, I want to know how confident you are in game two. I think the Lakers are going to win. Okay. Why? I think that they figured out some stuff. I think that they're going to, you know, they're not going to you know, come out with sort of the, I think they're going to adjust the starting lineup. I think going to Rui is probably the right move. I think that they found some things that work on Jokic. I don't know. 
I don't want to be just like the, they're not going to shoot that well again guy or whatever, but they're probably not going to shoot that well again. The Lakers are probably going to play better defense and the Nuggets are not just going to lay. I, you know, I'm going to make a bold claim. I don't think the Lakers are going to be down 20 at the end of the first half in the next one, um, mm-hmm. you know, for that reason. And so I, I think a little tighter game. I think, you know, the Lakers sort of being on the back foot and feeling like they need to win this one, you know, and having some sort of adjustments in their back pockets where I think they did figure some things out that, you know, we'll see if the Nuggets can kind of pre-counter that and sort of come into a game coming off of a win and just immediately be like, we're going to change these things that weren't working. I don't, they probably will change some of it and they'll probably try to figure out some things on Aaron Gordon and how to sort of make the Lakers better pay for putting Anthony Davis on him and trying Mm -hmm. to make that adjustment. But I think the Lakers also have potential counters that they can go to to that and I think just like the Lakers in principle figuring out the like okay like AD on Jokic yeah we're gonna do that sometimes but it still is far far more dangerous to have him as the roamer sort of making life difficult you know to some degree and you know it does kind of not that Mo Bamba would have been the you know Jokic stopper in this series but it does kind of hurt to like not this is the first one where I've been like okay yeah he could probably play this series you know he, he actually might help Um, But I don't think that that's something that the Lakers can necessarily count on. And so I think having, you know, Rui able to, you know, spend some time physically on Jokic, I think going to LeBron potentially with that adjustment a little bit more. um, I don't think Vando can do it. It may, if you're going to play him, it may just be worth trying to see if you can get away with it. But I don't know that it's necessarily going to work. But I still think the Lakers have figured out enough answers that they're not going to sort of come into game two with like, the wrong puzzle pieces in the wrong place uh, again. They're, they're like, they've watched the walkthrough video. They know the solutions now. And now it's just on them to sort of, you know, it's still difficult, you know, even if you like you, you we've all done these video game walkthroughs or whatever, where it's like, you're watching the person do it. And you're like, oh my God, they are better at video games than I will ever be. This is going to take me 10 million tries. And so yeah. if that's the case for the Lakers, then maybe it just won't work. But I think that now, you know, they've seen how to do it. They've seen how to be effective in this matchup. Now it's on them to go out and execute it for 48 minutes instead of eight. Yeah, I also, I certainly think it'll be more competitive throughout. Um, That part I am confident in winning. I actually feel like this is going to be one of those series where like... um, It's the (laughs) 2-2-1-1 go-to-game-7 type of thing. Yeah, or or like if the Lakers win this one, I actually think the Nuggets are just as likely to to split and you're still going into game five, 2-2. I actually um, do. I'm pretty confident this is going to be a two-two series after after four, regardless of yeah. where sort of the wins bank in. Yeah, I, I think these these two teams are really evenly it's matched. A, it is also entirely possible that the Lakers just do the thing that they've done in every game two so far, and just like are like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. defend home court. We're good. We haven't lost at home yet. Yeah, maybe. I don't think that's I, what's going to happen, but it, I, yeah. I, you know, I will grant you that it's possible. I think it's more going to be that they're going to go so all out to win tomorrow's game and end up ultimately taking it that they end up dropping one of the two at home. Yeah, possibly. Um, the thing, the thing that I like, I know a lot of attention was rightly paid towards what Rui did defensively and what the Lakers were able to maybe unlock on that side of the court in the second half, but quietly the Lakers like beyond what they were doing to pick on Jamal Murray were doing a little bit more to target Jokic in the second half. And Mm -hmm. that to me, um, like you talked about the counters that the Nuggets might have to what Rui did defensively and that approach with, with AD being off of, off of Jokic and off of the ball to roam around. Um, 
<clears throat> there are some things that they're going to figure out. Jokic eventually is going to figure that out. He's just that good. Yeah. But like to me, what I always look for in series are things that there are just not counters to, right? Things that just it's you got to hope they miss, right? Yeah. And um, and I think the thing that the Lakers can do where the Nuggets essentially just say, got to hope they miss, yeah. is like the Lakers, I thought, were doing a pretty good job at uh, running LeBron off of stagger screens that eventually wound up with AD. But uh, um, uh, MPJ was was the fir- the guy, he was guarding the first screener, so you eventually had like him switched on to LeBron, and you had MPJ guarding LeBron with AD setting a screen on MPJ, um, and involving Jokic in that in that play, and if the Lakers can figure out the spacing to where uh, the Nuggets can't offer um, enough help on that kind of an action on anything that winds up you know leading to that kind of an action, that's the thing that I don't think Denver has a real counter for. You know, um, and and like we saw it some, but I don't think we saw it a ton, and I and I think one way that I'm going to be able to understand that the Lakers are really going for it in game two is if they go to that, if they go to that often and they, and that's them saying like, no, we still got to get the split coming out of Denver, even if it might cost us a split back home. Um, that is the, that's the kind of action. That's the scenario that I'm really watching for here. And, uh, if they do it, then I, I like their chances, but I, I also wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they kept holding that in their back pocket for games that they like their backs are completely up against the wall for. Yeah. No, all right. Sort of on brand for how they, how they treated earlier in the year. Although I think they've shown a little bit more resilience uh, during yeah. the playoffs so far. Yeah. I mean, it's a better team. And, and so that's, it's like, you know, it's like Steph as the series goes on, like you got to keep attacking Jokic and like, try and try and exhaust him, try and get him tired and make him work on the other end. Yeah. I saw some, I saw some nuggets fans saying like, you know what? I think we're okay with Murray guarding LeBron and them like, you know, spamming that. And I'm like, it did almost sort of like, like throw LeBron off. Yeah. It's like when they put him on left open in the corner and he's like, wait, what? Like this is him on me like on purpose. But like, I I think, I think one, LeBron is going to be like, not be taken aback by it again. Yeah. And then two, like we saw it with Steph. He was exhausted at the end of that series. Mm -hmm. Steph, who like, who has, I think the greatest motor in the history of the sport. One of the um, most well-conditioned NBA players we've ever seen. Just from, yeah. like the running around the screens and all that stuff. Like that is not easy. He looked exhausted in game six, right? And and like Nuggets fans, Murray is not in the kind of shape that Steph is. And if, if they're saying like, yeah, we're just going to stick Murray on LeBron and just kind of make do with that, maybe send help occasionally, he is not going to have legs by the end of the series. That's just Probably not going to happen. No. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Tonight's going to be, by the time you guys are listening to this, tonight is going to be a blast. If you haven't checked it out already, I didn't do a lowdown coming off of the game, uh, off of game one, because I knew I was going to be recording with Trudell. Is lowdown um, so, managing a problem in NBA podcasting? <laughs> lowdown management? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> you, you listen to my voice, and I probably should load manage more yeah, than probably. I have. Um, but yeah, I, um, I, if you haven't checked that out already, do that. We've been doing these playbacks, um, for most of these games, so long as they're still competitive. 
Uh, check out that stuff as well. Check out all of the stuff that Harrison and, and the gang are doing at Silver Screen and Roll. Um, and 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 yeah, let's let's keep at it. This is still a fascinating. It's going to be a tough series. I think it's going to go seven, but but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so it until does the feel ne- that way to me. Yeah, it's it's they're they're two really good. T- I think Denver's slightly better. Um, I, they should be the betting favorites in this series as they are. Don't tell anybody on their team that though. Um, no, they they believe you know in their in their plucky underdog one seed. Yeah. Again, copyright infringement. I'm coming for you, Nuggets. This is unbelievable. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next time.